Play fake. Young goes deep middle. He's got Jerry Rice. Touchdown 49ers. Welcome to another edition of the 49ers Family Podcast, where three generations of 49ers fans break down the game each week and hear from Grandpa Mike as he shares personal experiences since he became a fan in 1949. My name is Josh, and I'm here with my dad, Jared. Yes, Jared is back, um, and Grandpa Mike. Um, we are a 49ers family. All right. Um, as fun as it was to break down those wins at the end of the season, you know what? This one, this one it totally feels different because this one counted. Even if we lost one of those games at the end of the season, yeah, there was the seeding conversations, uh, but we had already won the NFC West. It was in the, they were kind of playing bad teams. Um, and so we, we were supposed to win. And this one we were supposed to win too. But this one, not only were was it a playoff game, you know, win or go home. Uh, you knew, as we talked about last week, that Seattle was going to throw everything at us. Uh, and even still, we dominated. Uh, not from the get-go. We can, we'll, we'll get into that. But we dominated. And like the, the final score for somebody that didn't catch the game, had a conflict or something, pull up the score at the end, at the end of the game. You got to be like, oh, wow, like the, the Niners killed them. And yeah, in the end, the, the Niners killed them. But uh, I don't think that does the, the game justice because I think all three of us were, were a little bit stressed out that, that first half, as with um, every other 49er fan. So uh, I'm excited to be here with you guys, break it down, uh, and, and let's, let's jump in. Let's get started. Uh, Grandpa, how you doing? I'm doing good, Josh. Um, you know, one of the things we learned last week is that you can beat the same team three times in one year. Hard to do. There's a lot of people that said you couldn't do it, and we did it. So we can now exhale. Um, and, you know, the, the, the weather was supposed to be atrocious, and it turned out to be really fine. Uh, so that was, that was a miracle. Um, but just for a moment, I wanted to, you know, go back and this is a very special year. It's a very special team. I really expect that we're going to go to the Super Bowl. Um, but to get here, we've really had to navigate through many, many bumps in the road. And in a way, it's astonishing to, to be where we are. And it started, you know, with the Debo contract dispute, and he wanted to be traded. <laughs> And John Lynch handled that just beautifully. Um, and look at Debo today. <clears throat> and then we had the Jimmy um, quandary. He, you know, said goodbye to the team in February after the Ram game. And, and we tried to trade him. He had shoulder surgery. And, um, and we even gave his agent permission to go out and find his own trade. And thank goodness that never happened because when um, Trey Lance went down, I mean, Jimmy filled in that gap. And I mean, what, what a year. It's, um, you know, the injuries, the um, just on and on and on. We started three and four and now we've won 11 in a row. Um, I, the Seattle game was, you know, there's, um, 
they'd won 14 of the last 16. Um, Russell Wilson was always, he always killed us. He was 17 and four against us. And so when he went away, you know, so um, this year we did beat them three times and I really wanted to annihilate them. Um, they've been a true nemesis throughout this, you know, the last 10, 12 years. So wouldn't you know, you know, at halftime they're ahead 17 to 16. And I thought, here we go again. Pete Carroll just plays these games close and he hopes that, you know, you get to the fourth quarter and then anything can happen. And, and that's, you know, what it looked like, especially when they kicked that field goal right at the end of the half and went ahead. Um, but um, then the gates, I mean, you know, we went on a 25 to nothing run. We've now won 11 straight. We've gone three months without a loss. It's, a great that's, that's, it's incredible. And playing obviously very well, no turnovers. Um, the weather cooperated. We, you know, I, we're now seven and zero against the NFC West. Um, so yeah, a really solid game. And then to get a little greedy, we had three field goals. Had those been touchdowns, we'd have another twelve points, and the final score would have been fifty-three. You know, so we really laid it on them. So um, very, very happy, very proud. Great game. Great game. Yeah, Dad, I know we break, broke it down too. Uh, what are some of your thoughts? Um, I thought uh, it I thought it, it went like I thought it was going to. I thought Seattle would give us a real hard time, especially in that first half. They'd come out um, and uh, just uh, give us a real uh, dogfight, a real good match. And uh, they keep it close. Um, and that's how it went down. They led by a point at the end of the first half. We made some adjustments at halftime, came back out, and then we turned on the afterburners and uh, and we played our game. And we made great adjustments. I mean, we literally could have held them um, to 17 points, you know, in, uh, you know, game time. But we played some prevent defense, and they were able to bring the ball down and put another touchdown in um, before the game ended. But um, I think we really got our offense rolling, got everybody involved. I like that. I loved that it kind of went down the way it did in a way because Brock Purdy, his feet were held to the fire a little bit. There was some adversity, some trial. Uh, it was the first time it felt like he was playing from behind a little bit or just kind of things weren't clicking. They couldn't find their, their groove and their timing was off. The, his throws is uh, just different things. We were just kind of out of sync and that kind of, the whole team could feel it and two things can happen. We can hold it together and put this thing back on the tracks or we can just totally de derail. And Brock Purdy as a rookie uh, in that position, um, he basically stood in the face of that adversity as, as little as it was, it felt monumental. It was Seattle, it was a playoff game. Um, they'd been riding the hot hand the whole time that was some serious adversity that they had to get through, push through. I love the way he handled it. Um, uh, and the rest of the team, the way they rallied around him. And that 
gives them tremendous momentum and more confidence, uh, more chemistry to face what's coming up next. And that'll be the Dallas Cowboys. We'll get to that. And that's going to be, uh, again, uh, they're going to be pushed, but ultimately I think that they're going to overcome it. So I thought it was a great, a great win. I mean, to beat Seattle three times, Brock Purdy did his thing. We distributed the ball. Devo did his thing. Christian McCaffrey, all of our playmakers involved. Um, our defense stepped up. Uh, many who had a great game. Um, and uh, Nick Bosa did what he does. He just, he's a disruptor. Um, he didn't make any, any, any huge impacts. You know, he recovered a fumble, which was nice. But um, uh, many who picked up the other edge, you know, because they're, they're doubling Bosa a ton. So, um, but I just like the way we held it together and, uh, and the, the score of the game actually didn't even reflect how, how, how well we, we really did do as you were talking about the field goals that could have been easily, uh, seven point, you know, conversions instead. So anyhow, I thought it was a great game and, uh, I'm super excited for us for Sunday as well. Oh Yeah. Yeah, I thought you made some really good points, um, and I I totally agree that that not only did we expect everything from Seattle, you know, Pete Carroll's you know coaches this guy mm-hmm. well. They kept them loose and just pretty much said like, what do we have to lose? Nothing, mm-hmm. um, and they they took it to us. Uh, but my thoughts in the second second quarter um, was at a little bit of a watch party, and everybody's getting nervous. And what I was saying was like, hey. We've always been a second half team. Uh, third quarter is our favorite quarter. Uh, so not only is, will the offense respond, we get the ball to start the second half. The defense should respond. And three, as is pretty much true in the playoffs, the inferior team, especially when it was a, what a, ended up being like a nine point spread at, at game time or something like that, that um, inferior team has to play a perfect game mm-hmm. for four quarters, 60 minutes. Uh, yeah. And mm-hmm. you just you just knew, especially you know, based on the way that we won the first two games, that that they more more, more than likely couldn't hold up, and they they sure didn't. We ended up running for 181 yards, uh, yeah, yeah, 181 yards, and averaged over the three games that we played them, we averaged 180 yards on the mm-hmm. ground. Like that's you, you can't you can't ask for more than that. Mm-hmm. um and and yeah brock i mean talk about second half adjustment brock came out and they just were on fire you could tell that he they looked at the tape and saw where he was missing stuff and and they got in sync and he went nine for 11 in the, in the second half with a perfect passer rating of 158.3 um should have gone 10 for 11 based on that crazy I mean, it could have been one of the best and like plays in 49er history, you know, potentially where he scrambles to the left, scrambles to the right, pump fakes, a guy jumps past him, throws a dart to the back corner of the end zone to Brandon Ayuk, who drops the ball. I know. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, I, if I was Brandon Ayuk, I'd be like, dude, I will buy you the biggest <laughs> steak you ever wanted because he owed him right there. That was. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm serious. That that play is the best incompletion, um, yeah. you know, of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. One other comment, just real quick. We'll probably get to it. Um, uh, just Brock. I mean, for whatever reason, and Grandpa pointed out watching the game, 
but he rolled to his left a ton and he doesn't throw very well rolling to his left I'll be honest with you um and I don't know if that's just the way their their pass rush was coming at him but looking at the tape um I think that he will improve that a little bit step up in the pocket he missed a few opportunities to step up yeah. um which we hadn't seen him do before in a while you know he's actually really good um but yeah the rolling to his left I think that hurt us a little bit um, but he is very mobile. See how he, those quick movements, right when he's in the grasp, that comes down to that uh, 10 yard sprint, you know, stat that he has. But, and that was a beautiful play. That was, that oh play God. lasted forever, too. Forever. And then, uh, I mean, it was just right in his hands and he drops the ball. So that was crazy. And so that was, that was a classic one. So I love that. Totally. Grandpa, what were some Grandpa, what were some things that popped out to you on the box score? On the box score, well, the one of the keys was no turnovers. Mm-hmm. And the Niners now were 14 and 0 this year in games in which we um, committed one or zero turnovers. So we are really holding on to the ball. Um, and let me get to the box score here it is so yeah we are rushing yards we can run the football (laughs) it's um it's fun fun to watch because the the opponent knows it's coming and they can't stop it it's run it down their throat and 181 rushing yards um we averaged five and a half yards a, a carry um and there were 33 runs so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, but you know and a couple other things about purdy um his mobility is is great um you know because we've been used to jimmy kind of a statue just standing there and then that's that's too how you get hurt when you're just standing there he's so purdy's running around was it one other interesting note i just went back and looked at um, Iowa State this year, and that's Brock Purdy's alma mater. So they went four and eight this year, the first year without him, and the offensive coordinator got fired last week. So they finished at the bottom of the Big 12 in scoring and total offense. So they missed Brock Purdy already. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, as you know, he's, he's just, um, he's just what we needed, really. I mean, this is too good to be true. And um, our third down efficiency, six for 11. um, In the second half, the passing, he was nine for 11, as you mentioned, Josh. So it's, it's, it's interesting, you know, defensively, we've, we, we really make adjustments in the second half. And um, I don't know what they they say to these guys, but and now offensively as well. Yeah. Well, one thing that Nick Bosa said, I think it was Nick Bosa, might have been a different defensive player. Uh, they said, you know, why? They asked, why do you think Seattle uh, did so well in the first half, uh, specifically with their run game? And whoever it was, it might have been Nick, might have been Fred or somebody, said, well, we expected them to kind of, uh, especially Kenneth Walker to run hard, run fast, and hit the hole fast. And he was way more patient than they thought. 
Um, and so he was getting behind his line a little bit and finding seams. And it seemed like and he was averaging, I think, five or six yards a carry in the first half and had 50-something yards, uh, 55 yards at the half um, on the ground. Uh, and they made, uh, you know, a tweak at half. And in the second half, it showed, I mean, it tells you a couple different things. One, that uh, Seattle was going to, into catch-up mode where you start, start to throw it a little bit more. But they totally abandoned the run. He had two carries for nine yards in the second half, Kenneth Walker. Uh, potential <clears throat> offensive rookie of the year. And yeah. they, did, they just went away and said, nope, that's, that's not working. We need more, more than that. Because they got behind um, mm-hmm. and they needed to try, try and catch up. So they talked about second half adjustments. What was working for them in the second half, they abandoned in the second half. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, it was, you know, even with three minutes to go in the second half, we were leading by six and that's where, when the fumble occurred and seven plays later, it was 30 to 17 and on, yep. on and on. Um, yeah, great game really great game. against a team that has beat us like a drum for yep. 10 years. So it's really, really satisfying. I, I think you, Grandpa, you mentioned this earlier, but yeah, we before this season, we had three wins against the Seahawks, I think in the last nine years, if I remember, I think it was since 2014. And then we had three wins in one season this year. That's pretty crazy. That that shows you that we flipped the script. The tide is turning. Yep. The tide is turning. Yeah. Um, and then also, you know, definitely worth mentioning, and it got a lot of attention of, of course, kind of those two big pivotal plays because it was back and forth, back and forth. And whatever we did, uh, you know, we, we put up 23 points or did we had 20, 23 points? Yeah. Um, and then what does Seattle do? They come down. They're on, I think, their 13th play of that drive. Uh, for some reason, their their left guard keeps running out on their, their passing play, so they keep getting an eligible man downfield, which I'm fine with. It's like kind of a boneheaded thing. Um, but third and 14, and yeah, Charles Amenehu reaches his super long arms in there, knocks the ball loose, um, and that was a huge, huge point in that game because it seemed like they were going to answer. I mean, even if they didn't get that third and 14, they're probably going to score a field goal, but keep it within you know a score um but that turnover was so yeah. big because then we got that ball we had our own like eight play drive 75 yards and a touchdown um and boom just like that it was 13 points actually we got this, the two-point conversion it was 14 points um so you know just just huge uh from a uh you know as a momentum buster yeah, yeah it broke their moment it was a pivotal huge turnover at the right time and it was all downhill from there for them you know that really took that wind out of their sails threw off their their timing that rhythm the momentum that they had that was that was huge and just felt enormous for the Niners and their defense so that was was beautiful and the men he was 36 inch uh arm span or you know each arm is like 36 inches long so um yeah he's got some He's got some serious arms on him, and that that worked well. Yeah, but we had 505 yards of offense. That's the third most in playoff history. Yeah, mm-hmm. and in a play in a playoff game, over 500 yards. Right. I mean, yeah. that's unheard of because you're playing good teams. Yep. So you don't, you know, get to that plateau. 
Exactly. Um, but the Niners are loaded. I mean, it's just all these different people. It's this yeah. is so much fun. Yeah. I mean, let's talk real quick about maybe some concerns coming out of this game. Uh, you know, the only thing that was kind of concerning to me was that the defense did kind of start slow a little bit. Uh, and the other thing that I'm trying to play off, like it wasn't a big deal slash hoping it's not a big deal is that Charverius Ward kind of got picked on a little bit besides that big play that, I mean, anytime you had a 55 yard touchdown, the numbers obviously are inflated. Uh, but it seemed like, you know, they, they were going to Metcalf and Metcalf was winning. Um, right. Uh, and that was, that was not the best thing to see, especially before you, you know, play other really good wheat receivers, but it's kind of, you know, win some, you lose some. We got, we got round two back in Seattle. Um, and now DK Metcalf got, got round but, three. But Metcalf, Josh, is huge. He's huge. Yeah. It's just a giant. Yeah. And they, on every play, they are, I mean, it's a fist fight, even on runs. And I mean, so I'm not concerned at all about Ward. Yeah, he, he had a bad game. He got beaten a lot, but it was by a, a, excellent receiver who was huge oh yeah mm -hmm. well oh, he's fine i i felt that yeah the size differential metcalf is is a beast i mean throw the ball near him and the the db looks like he's in junior high you know what i mean <laughs> it's crazy cd lamb for the cowboys he's 62 200 um metcalf is 64 and like 240 you know yeah. so um but yeah, the size thing, but yeah, the, our, our, our DBs, you know, our secondary, that seems to be a little bit of a weak link. We bend and we don't break there, but we do bend. We do give up a couple big, big shots and uh, Prescott, I mean, we're going to, we're going to get into it later, but he's got, they've have some weapons. They're built a lot like us with playmakers around him um, run, you know, running and receiving um, so, uh, it's, we're going to have our hands full and it's gonna, it's really going to be a, gr a great test, but, yeah. uh, I guess concerns coming out of it. I think Lenore had a pretty good game, uh, yeah. overall, yeah. and, um, uh, but we do, we, they do poke holes in our secondary. I think we're more sensitive to it as fans, because if somebody scores, you know, a 50 yarder on us, we start freaking out, you know, it happens across the league every, you know, almost every game, but um, I don't want to see it in our, you know, uh, yeah. happen on our watch, you know, so. Um, yeah. Well, and but, to, to, to his credit too, I mean, they mm -hmm. threw it, uh, it was a, you know, streak down the sideline, go route mm -hmm. on, I think third and four, third and five yeah. in the middle of the field. It was a weird place to take a shot. So mm -hmm. in the replay, you can see that um, Ward is playing the you know back shoulder that he's kind of staying with him, kind of a little bit behind him, waiting, mm -hmm. anticipating it. Because I mean, why wouldn't you throw a back shoulder to your biggest guy midfield at, on third and five? But because he did that, boom, um, he he got the the spacing um, the space that he needed, and that's that's all he needed. Because there was a little push too. Yeah. There's and, and Metcalf is fast. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember a year or two ago, um, he caught somebody from behind. He was 20 yards behind him and he, he caught him. Yeah, he went to the Olympic trials. Did you guys hear about that? 
No, I didn't know that. He went to Olympic trials um, and raced with like the best hundred meter guys. It was a big publicity stunt, pretty much. Um, okay. And he held with them for that for the first like fifty meters. Um, and of course, you know what those guys train on is getting off the block and mm-hmm. getting that burst of speed. But then, boom! Like take getting that like you know third gear. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he didn't have that gear because he doesn't run hundred meters. He runs 50, um, you know, yeah. 50, yeah. 50 yard yeah. runs, which like he burned Charvarius award. Uh, but he, I mean, still, it was still, he, he is, yeah. Crazy fast. I'm glad we're not seeing him again. Um, because yeah, the guy, uh, <laughs> he's so legit. It's, it's interesting too, that, um, the draft that we, we drafted Debo in the second round and Seattle drafted Metcalf in that same second round and Tennessee drafted AJ Brown in that second round. So the three of them went in the second round. They have the same agent. Um, wow. So they're all, all good. Very good. Very good. Well, cool. Any, any last thoughts about the Seahawks game? Um, I mean, the other thing that everybody else is covering, I, I think it got a little overblown. Um, whatever was, when Jonathan Abrams pulled on Debo's leg, I think I thought that was weird. Uh, and, and Debo obviously reacted to it, but it, the team got like way uh, acted up on yeah. it. Maybe it looked worse in real life in, you know, on the camera. It didn't look too bad to me, but it sure fired them up um, and brought them together, which hey, I'm not complaining. Well, it was, t- to me, it was a dirty play. It wasn't necessary. And, no. you know, so, um, yeah, I'm, but- delighted with the weather i you know it yes. was supposed to be this torrential downpour they were comparing it to the flood of 18 something where four thousand people died um and you know i i thought oh that's going to really even the playing field but really it it rained a little bit but it was manageable yep yep uh, and then I guess last but not least, uh, you know, injuries coming out of the game. Fortunately, you know, no, no significant injuries. We had a, a couple of guys, uh, John Jennings, and I, was it Ebukam, I think. Um, he both kind of sprained their ankle, twisted their ankle. Uh, uh, they are day-to-day today at practice. Once again, this is Wednesday evening that we're um, recording this. Uh, we're both limited in practice, which if you're limited in practice with an ankle injury, means you're probably going to be good to go by Sunday. Um, Ebicum was out there. Uh, Jennings was out there. And they both looked looked okay, just kind of taking it easy a little bit. Of course, any ankle injury, you kind of just want to lay low a little bit. Uh, so, you know, we're, but, you know, can't really ask for more coming out of that game from an injury perspective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great news. And I thought, I think we only had like 28 yards in penalties. I think three penalties or something that was very good. Yep. That's another thing. A game changer in a playoff game is the intensity of the game, the rivalry, the emotions, and those that little just off the cuff kind of um, personal foul, you know, that kind of thing that yep. the teams like Seattle was trying to get us involved in. That is just so yeah. huge to yeah. keep your head. And that's going to be uh, that's going to be a factor against the Cowboys, too. Um, it's just to stay in your game and to, and to keep your composure. It's going to be huge. And then, of course, turnovers. I guess another we had two turnovers or takeaways in this game, I guess. That was huge. And that's going to be 
huge against the Cowboys too. Yep. So penalties, I mean, just penalties, one bad penalty in that puts somebody in the red zone and converts the seven points is huge. And a turnover, it's huge. Exactly. Yeah. Three Usually. points. I mean, we gave them three yeah. points because yeah. Jimmy Ward had a boneheaded play and hit G- Geno Smith as he was sliding. Like, yeah. and yep. that put them from a 71-yard field goal that they're not trying. They're going to yeah. just kneel it um, yeah. to now a 56-yard field goal that they have a good kicker, uh, Myers, and he nailed yeah. the thing. He could, he would have made that from 65, but not 71. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was that was the one of those examples, and that was at a point in the game where we were frustrated too there was that little bit he's just going to take that little extra edge and lay it on gino and boom there's three points you know so those types of things i'm sure they'll review all that you know shanahan and the and the coaches so but those are those are some other little takeaways we kept our composure we we started to unravel a tiny bit we kept it but three penalties for the game that's amazing 28 yards i think total or something like that and um and then the no you know no giveaways if you will on the turnover battle yep. so anyhow tremendous so one final thought about seattle um brock purdy was responsible for four touchdowns okay mm-hmm. threw for three and he ran one that's more than <clears throat> jimmy garoppolo has in his entire playoff career now, it's equal with and Jimmy has four. Okay. So Brock now has four. If he got a fifth, if it Brandon, if, if, yeah. yeah, if Brandon Ayuk would have caught that pass, um, then he would have passed Jimmy in one game, which is pretty crazy. I mean, as a different team in 2019, uh, you know, it was pretty much just play defense and run the ball. Uh, but it is surprising. Even throughout the playoffs last year, we were still finishing each drive usually. I'm in the red zone with a run, um, and therefore Jimmy didn't have wasn't responsible for that many TDs. Well, Jimmy, and when and see Shanahan, just to be very candid, doesn't totally trust him. He in 2019, one game again, he threw eight passes. Yeah, Packers. You know? Yeah, so um, Purdy's throwing 30. Oh yeah, no he. It, he definitely, um, and I think I was listening to a podcast today and I forget who was talking, but they said it's been interesting and fun to see Shanahan grow as a coach and as a play caller in the last five years, because you, you I mean, everybody knew, yeah, he didn't, he didn't trust Jimmy, but you actually saw that he started trusting Jimmy more this year and letting the ball rip a little bit more. Um, and that has, I believe, helped him now. Uh, even to trust Brock Purdy, because if you don't trust him, you're limiting yourself. Um, you're let your it's it's it, like you don't know what you don't know kind of thing. That if you're not pushing the ball downfield, if you're not trying to do this stuff and um, like trusting your players, uh, you're you're holding them back. Um, and the play calls and everything that he's doing is is more aggressive. Uh, he's still conservative by nature. Uh, but, but, and, and I totally agree with this guy that was talking that, that he has grown and, uh, trust Brock Purdy to, to make a play and make the right play. Uh, and Brock Purdy is delivering because I think he, he feels that, that trust in him. And the other change that we're seeing is, um, 10 of Purdy's passes went over 20 yards. Yep. 
He's throwing, throwing deep. And that's the most since uh, Kaepernick one game in 2014 that we had 10 deep passes. He completed four of them for 110 yards. So yeah. we're opening up the field. Yeah. Um, I mean, it also really hoped it helped that Seattle was so committed to stopping the run. They were like totally attacking the line every time that we did any type of, uh, you know, RPO or play action or anything. They totally thought we were running because they are that scared of the run game. And so it opened these gaping holes in the back and those, those crossing routes were open all game and even Brock Purdy missed a bunch of them. Um, and so, so it, yeah, that helps, but all right, we got to get, we got to get to this, this divisional playoff matchup between the San Francisco 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys. This one is shaping up to be quite the thriller. Uh, ticket prices are insane for this game. Uh, right now, obviously slated it's, it's the Sunday evening game or kind of afternoon game for the west west coast the evening game for the east coast uh 3 30 p.m pacific time kick uh obviously at home at levi stadium uh weather it looks super favorable for this game i mean should be very nice pretty typical uh january weather for santa clara around 55 degrees um you know little maybe a little windy not supposed to be rainy at all uh, Niners are favored by four. The over and under is set at 46. Uh, you know, Grandpa, and we'll get into more about the rivalry and stuff um, in a minute. But the, the more and more I learned about the rivalry, because, you know, I'll be completely honest, born in 1992, you know, this was when I was a toddler. Uh, don't remember much. All I remember was kind of the, just like the, the icons of. Troy Aikman, Emmett Smith, um, obviously Steve Young, Jerry Rice, Ricky Waters, those guys. I remember the icons. I don't remember the games or the play, the like the plays that were made or the situations. Um, but the more I learn about them, wow, uh, that had to been had been such a roller coaster, you know, because it was. And we talked about this last week. You know, that NFC Championship was pretty much a Super Bowl, um, and whoever won that was going to win most likely uh, the Super Bowl. And not being on the right side of those NFC championships three times and finally getting the one and, of course, dominating in the Super Bowl. Uh, just kind of take us back a minute. What, what, what was that like? And do you still have those bad feelings toward the Cowboys 27 years later or whatever? Oh, absolutely. Um, it's deep. And um, <clears throat> I was actually going to do this at the end of our show but the, you know that it's an historic rivalry and there's this is now going to be the ninth time that we play Dallas in the playoffs and there's two other pairs of teams that have played each other nine times the Rams played Dallas nine times and Green Bay has played the Niners nine times so this is you know but yeah it, it even goes back Josh before the 90s <laughs> right um it was it so dallas entered the league in 1960 and they quickly formed a very formidable championship team so in 1970 we played our first game you want me to do this now sure okay so we played 
1970, Mike Nolan was our coach, and all of a sudden we got good. John Brody was our quarterback. And um, so we met Dallas in the NFC Championship game at Kizar, and Dallas won 17 to 10. Craig Morton was um, the Dallas quarterback. So that was the first time they beat us in 1970. And then again, it was a three-year window. So the following year, 1971, uh, Dallas also won, this time 14 to three. And this was, in 71 was the uh, first time Dallas won the Super Bowl. So they've got five Super Bowls as we do. And, but they had this guy in 1971, a running back by the name of Dwayne Thomas, who before the season started, he issued this statement where he would not talk to the media nor would he talk to his teammates <laughs> all year. And he did that, but boy, could he run. And anyway, in 71, so we lost in 70, we lost in 71 and Brody threw three interceptions in the 1971 game, which just kills you. And then in 1972, this was probably the most painful game. I followed the, the 49ers for 74 years. This is the worst one. And I will tell you about it. Um, I'll, I'll never forget it. It just devastated me. So we've, we had this problem for years. We just couldn't beat Dallas. So all of a sudden in 1972, we play them in the regular season and we beat them 31 to 10. So you thought, okay, the tables are turning. And wouldn't you know, again, we meet them in the playoffs. This was not for the NFC championship. This was for the, this was the divisional game, like we're going to play this weekend. Um, and we're ahead 21 to three. And then after three quarters, we're ahead 28 to 13. And I am just dancing. Well, Roger Staubach, who... He had a nickname called the Comeback Kid. He engineered three fourth quarter touchdowns and we lost 30 to 28. Wow. And I mean, I, you know, I just, I was going to head to the Golden Gate Bridge and jump off <laughs> along with, you know, half of San Francisco. I was just furious. And then uh, finally, nine years later in 1981, was the greatest game in our history. And that's uh, also against Dallas. And we finally beat them. But we had this, it had to be this miracle catch by Dwight Clark um, with 58 seconds to go, a six yard pass on third down. So we went to our first Super Bowl. Um, in 1981. So we finally beat Dallas. And then the rivalry continued in the 90s. And again, we had three years in a row where, as you just mentioned, it was when you were born, but um, Dallas and the 49ers were by far the two best teams in the league. And when they played in the NFC Championship game all three years, um, that was the that was bigger than the Super Bowl. So in 92, Dallas won, and they won in 93. 
And that's when Jimmy Johnson, you know, was shouting out, how about them cowboys? Yeah. You know, which um, I'll never forget. But then in 94, so it was the third year of that sequence, we played them again and we had signed Deion Sanders and Gary Plummer and some other free agents. Um, and that was, uh, Steve Young was our quarterback and we, we beat them 38-28 and went to Super Bowl 29 against San Diego where um, Steve Young threw six touchdown passes. So, um, and I always think of Steve Young's six touchdown passes. It's kind of a record that will stand forever because typically you play a very good team in the Super Bowl and to beat that record, somebody has to throw seven touchdown passes. Not going to happen. Um, so then on Sunday is chapter nine of this storied rivalry. Um, and I just know something is going to happen <laughs> in this game the, to remember it. I mean, some there'll be some last minute heroics or I don't know, but... Um, so that's a little background on the rivalry. It is deep and um, and historic in its own way. I mean, we're now going to play for the ninth time, and it's all the marbles are on the table. Yeah. Well, and and last year we got a taste of it, obviously, and a lot of these memories came back uh, because we faced them. Also, no, that was in the wild card round. Um, yeah. last year last year and yeah in the super yeah. wild card we round. beat him 23 to 17 and that one had its dramatic flares tons of flags i think there were a combined 23 penalties um and of course the big huge clock mismanagement by dak and their coaching staff uh in the final minutes that he sneaks it up the middle does exactly what we want him to because they're out of timeouts uh it takes forever to clock the ball because he went like 30 yards. If he had gone 20, then they might have been able to clock it. And so ruin ruined their potential drive there at the end. And we win in Dallas um, after their, you know, they went 12 and uh, or 13, 14, I forget what the record was. I think 12 wins. Yeah. Um, and once again, spoiled their season because they have not been past the divisional round since 1996. Uh, you know, we've had some, some, you know, runs to the Super Bowl with cap, with, you know, even with Jimmy a few years ago, uh, and getting to the NFC championship last year, but Dallas, I mean, talk about a dry spell and with all the talent, with all the resources that they have, they have not been past the divisional round since 1996. I thought that we was crazy. A playoff road game until Monday night, right? 30 years, Yep. 30 years. And there's Jerry Jones just bragging, you know, to beat the band about how good his Dallas Cowboys are. <laughs> and um, yeah, so yeah. It's, it, it's a great rivalry. It's, you know, it's historic. Yep. And Sil yeah, silver versus gold. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a classic for sure. It's one it's, of the best rivalries true. in sports. I, I love that silver versus gold. That's well said. Um, thinking about the game, um, like I said before, they're just incredibly well matched up. You know, yep. I think Dak Prescott, who just came off 
what I consider the perfect game against Tom Brady. Dak Prescott was uncharacteristically, you know, on, uh, you know, because Dak, uh, he's hot and cold. He's thrown 15 interceptions in 12 games played um, in the regular season. He is prone to turn over the ball a little bit, and we'll take advantage of that. Um, But we can rattle him. You know, it'd be nice. But we have Dak Prescott versus Brock Purdy. We have Pollard versus um, Debo. We have Elliott versus Christian McCaffrey. We got CeeDee Lamb versus Ayuk. And we got Schultz versus Kittle. Those are all, I mean, we're just built so much alike. We have Nick or Parsons versus Nick Bosa, number two defense in the Cowboys against the number one defense in, in the Niners. It's just like, it's, it's a Hollywood kind of like matchup to me, you know, just, just fun. And then you add in the rivalry. Thank goodness it's at home versus, you know, the Niners on their turf. Um, And I like, uh, the stability of Brock Purdy versus Dak Prescott. I think we're going to give D- Dak Prescott has to go up against the number one defense. Brock Purdy, he can, he can stand the heat. You know, uh, we've seen him do it before. He's going to go against the number two defense. So yeah. um, it's going to be a test of the silver versus gold, just like you said. And uh, it's exciting. It's super, super fun. So anyhow, I, I love the matchup. Um, yeah. and I, uh, I feel like, uh, we're going to come out on top and be, um, just even better for it moving forward, you know, towards the Super Bowl. So anyhow, go ahead. A couple of things that, um, I think are going to make a difference. And one is this is Dallas's fourth straight road game. Yep. And. If you look back on history, I mean, people don't win their third their third road game. They did, um, but their this is their fourth road game. It's, um, it's a short week. They played Monday night. Mm-hmm. Um, we played Saturday, so we we have another forty eight hours of rest. We don't have to travel. They do. Um, so it's all those little factors that I think are are going to make a difference. One guy that that also scares me is their defensive coordinator Dan Quinn. He's he um, he was Seattle's defensive coordinator for years before he got the head job at Atlanta, um, and he and Shanahan actually worked together in right. Atlanta, but. He is a great defensive coordinator. He makes things real difficult. <coughs> so I am concerned about Dan Quinn. And um, yeah, so, but we have, we have some, you know, a lot of things going for us. We're playing at home. We've got the home crowd. Um, we're, we're, we're favored. We're supposed to win. I think we should be favored by more than four. I think we're going to win by more than four. What do you think we should be favored by, Grandpa? I think we should be favored by six or seven. I, I thought it would be six um, as well, honestly. I did uh, too. I, I was looking right after their game, and it took a while for Vegas to post anything, and I thought it would be six. Yeah. And it was four, four, and it's three and a half in some places. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, 
on, on paper and if you only have watched the Cowboys Bucks game mm-hmm. you're like whoa this team is go you know crazy good like the Niners got to be careful blah 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 and they do cuz uh what the Cowboys have showed this year is when they are like on and in sync and stuff they can be dang good they blew out the the vikings which once again were like the worst 13 win team in the history of the league um but you know blew them out and obviously took it to the bucks after a little bit of a slow start um but i have to remind myself that just 11 days ago the last game of the season they played at washington and lost 26 to 6 in a game that they wanted to win yeah, it was not a throwaway game, a rest your starters game. They wanted to win that game and they got shut down to just six points. So I have not watched that game tape. If I had more time and not a full time job and uh, four kids, I probably would. Um, but but I mean, the first thing I'm doing if I'm Kyle Shanahan is pulling up that game and saying, all right, what the heck did the Redskins did the commanders do? Uh, because they held them to six points uh, and. And Dak, as you just said, Dad, yeah, 15 interceptions in just 12 games. Mm-hmm. Um, not been his most efficient year, but, uh, I mean, we talk about any playoff, any tournament style, you know, it's about getting hot at the right time. So mm-hmm. you got to respect him. He did play a heck of a game against the Bucks, mm-hmm. And if they can keep that rolling, they, they are very dangerous. Um, mm-hmm. You know, mentioned this right before we jumped on uh, the, the recording, but, you know, this as much as grandpa, we were talking about how the Niners Cowboys games and the NFC were were big ones, of course, and the, the winner of that was usually favored in the Super Bowl. This one feels really big to me as well, because one, obviously you win here, you go to the NFC championship, but the Eagles, they we still don't really know if Jalen Hurts is fully healthy or not. Uh, and as good as the Giants are, they they played a heck of a game against the Vikings. Once again, not very good, overrated. Uh, but I, I think, I think the Niners, if they win, are going to be favored in the NFC championship. And I think if the, if the Cowboys win, we'll see what the whole Jalen Hurts Eagles thing is. But even if the Cowboys beat the Niners, as we know it, they should probably be favored in the, in the NFC championship. So this is a big, big game with, you know, obviously high stakes, uh, and, and, and it's just oh, it's, it's too yeah. much for my head to handle it's it's huge for many reasons i mean we my my quick version is these guys show up in july and they start training and practicing every day for seven months and go through the season and injuries and weather and all kind you know just everything and we're three games away from being a world champion so um we're right where we want to be um i i I watched the dallas tampa game and tampa was terrible i mean terrible so i don't use that really as a measurement yeah prescott played played well but he he played well against a team that didn't even finish 500. so um you know we have to be on our game and i think if we are as long as we are and we don't turn the ball over we will win handily yeah i i mean handily i'm not sure but i i do think that we would beat the spread uh so let's talk about kind of what some of those weaknesses are 
of this team. We've mentioned a lot of their strengths, uh, but weaknesses is turning over the ball. Um, even, you know, I'll say, in, in interceptions, um, they are good at holding onto the football from a, a running back standpoint. Um, and because of their defense, they're good at forcing turnovers. They are plus 10 on the year with 10, uh, a plus 10 turnover margin. We are plus 13. Uh, we were number one in the league. They were number two. Uh, usually goes hand in hand with, you know, where your defense is ranked. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, they, they are formidable, but, you know, they are, they have their weaknesses too. You know, they, their secondary isn't amazing. They tend to let the other team throw um, to their, their second and third wide receivers. Um, and so, you know, I'm expecting a big game from Jennings. Uh, you know, we, we've seen it throughout the year third and Juwan, as he calls it, that on those third down plays where they're, you know, favoring or doubling up Debo or Kittle or, you know, shadowing McCaffrey, he gets left on a lot of man-to-man -man coverage and beats his guy. Uh, and I think we're, we, we saw a preview of that in the Seahawks game. I love to see get him getting involved a little bit more because it just makes our defense that much, our offense that much harder to, to defend. Um, but, you know, I think that is a potential little wrinkle uh, of opportunity for Juwan. How about to get Gray involved maybe a little bit? Throw him hey, a ball. You why, know? Yeah, why not? Maybe. Yeah. So Juwan Jennings, I just, I just love watching him, even when he's not involved with, with, with the pass. But he's a phenomenal blocker. He just pancakes people. And one of the reasons he gets open is the defensive back becomes afraid of him. And he, he goes to block this guy and he just moves out of the way and then he's, he's wide open. So he's, he's really fun to watch. Yeah. Well, and, and I think to, to your point too, Grandpa, he is utilized so much in our run blocking and downfield blocking that uh, including the, his little, uh, not little, but his 33-yard um, catch that if Brock would have sailed a little bit more to the sideline would have definitely been a touchdown. Um, he actually ran up to the DB with his hands, like kind of cocked back. Like it looked like he was going to block. Yeah. And so the DB was ready to kind of take that on. And then boom, he ran right past him because yeah. he thought he was going to, he was going to block. And so I think that is kind of a little trick up his sleeve mm -hmm. that, Hey, yeah. you, know, you think I'm going to block it? You think I'm going to block? Watch this. <laughs> um, so, but so yeah, yeah, I, think... I, I watched the game, you know, you, when I watched the game live, you watch the ball. And then during the week, I watch it another two, three, four times, and I watch individuals. And that's where I see, you know, some of the stuff. And Jennings is, he's a player. Oh, yeah. No, he, he's very, um, takes a lot of pride in his blocking. Super, and he's just a good teammate, good team guy. Uh, and it's been fun to see him grow because drafted in the seventh round, he was originally put on the practice squad, you know, the seventh round guys, their goal is to just make the squad, uh, make the practice squad, don't get cut. Uh, and, uh, he made the squad, he sat around, he put in his time and he, they had some character questions, uh, on him about him coming out of Tennessee, that he was a kind of an all me kind of guy. Uh, and you know, props to the Niners, props to him for being humble enough to, to change, but he's not that way anymore. He's a total team guy. He loves, you know, chasing after Ayuk and Debo and, and guys as they get their touchdowns. Um, and, but he, he's a great blocker. He's 
totally part of this team. Uh, great wide receiver three. Uh, and like I said, usually open on those third downs and he's been key on a lot of third downs all year. So one of the weaknesses for Dallas is their rush defense. They're 22nd in the league and they give up 129 yards a game. So we're going to, we're going to run the ball and we're going to end up with 180. Um, so that's, you know, they're, they've got overall a very good defense, but not against the run. And then, as you mentioned, Josh, some of their cornerbacks are not, not great. So. Yeah. I mean, they have, they have Trayvon Diggs that, you know, he's got, he's a ball hawk. Um, he gets a lot of attention because he gets him. He had that one year where he had a million interceptions, um, but he's very beatable. Uh, he's not very physical. Um, we are a very physical team. So, you know, they, we haven't, you know, to be totally frank, we haven't seen a defense of their caliber in a while. Um, mm -hmm. And they definitely have not seen a defense like ours um, either. So it, it, it really makes it very, very, very interesting um, because, you know, they, they get after the ball. They have the number two sack rate in the NFL at 8.9%. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's just, there's so many things that we could talk about. I'm trying to keep it to, you know, less than an hour here. We're coming up on that hour mark already. But, um, you know, it's such a, such a fun matchup and just should be a really, really good game, which, like you said, Dad, going back to your comment, mm -hmm. turnovers and penalties, mm -hmm. which come down to a lot about kind of imposing your will um, and also coaching, just managing the situation, yep. the clock, um, everything in any kind of close game. And it gets more and more and more important, even into the Super Bowl of, of, of coaching coaching really um shows itself in these games huge yeah that's well said those coaching decisions with uh, the the clock and just how it's all managed in those crunch times uh are exactly said those small all those little things the the penalties turnovers coaching clock management that is those, those that's what's going to separate uh, you know, the winner and the loser in this game for sure. And I think we are well equipped on all of those elements. We're a very disciplined team, um, very well coached, great system. Um, and uh, that's going to favor us very much. <clears throat> so Anthony Lynn, who's a running back coach, he um, was the Charger head coach one time. And he's now been with the Niners for a year and it two years um and he just loves it he goes i you know i've been to other places and there's nothing like this it truly is a family and and you can see like the excitement when somebody scores a touchdown the other receivers run to they're happy for him instead of saying you know why didn't you throw to me right um, so the chemistry is very good on this team. The coaches are good. I mean, every year we we lose a coach to, you know, the Jets or the Dolphins, and and now we're going to lose our defensive coordinator. Um, so, uh, you know, our coaching staff is phenomenal. Uh, it really is. It really is. Yeah. 
Well, right on. Well, let's let's do some score predictions. Um, I mentioned it. Line is set at forty six. The spread is Niners by four. Um, Dad, we'll have you go first. All right, Niners, thirty one points, twenty one for the Dallas Cowboys. I think a ten point spread, and uh, yeah, I think we're going to hit at thirty. Yep. All right. I think um, the final score will be 27 to 13 Niners. Wow. Love it. Yeah. That would be dominant. I would, I mean, hey, sign me up for that one. We can relax the last five minutes or so before ahead by two scores. That would be awesome. I, I'm a, I apparently a little bit more nervous than both of you. I think, I think Vegas uh, is actually going to be pretty close. Um, I think it's going to be 28, 24 Niners. Uh, it's it's going to be a little nerve-wracking coming down to the end of it just because of situation, the rivalry, everything. Uh, it's going to be a good one, but my boy Brock Purdy is going to pull through. Okay. Mm-hmm. I like it. <clears throat> All right. Um, then we do, do have some fan mail, uh, fan mail, mailbag, I mean, uh, from our boy Wes. Wes asked us a couple questions. Um, well, he, he said, first, did anyone notice after the Niners in Seattle game that Debo exchanged jerseys with Jonathan Abrams? Um, they were super cordial, and I think Abrams probably apologized and stuff, said that he you know, wasn't thinking, and I don't know why he pulled on his leg. Uh, I, I did see that, Wes, uh, and I thought that was like, super puzzling at first I'm like what the heck because I actually just saw the picture then I saw the video um and the thing that I always have to remind myself of and it's because I honestly think it's way different than than even like high school or like any kind of like amateur uh sport even like college where the rivalries and the games are like way more emotional these guys are professionals they know a lot of each other they've stuck around in the league a lot longer they know they know the coaches they know the players etc and after the game you know, it's like, all right, you know, we, we're done here. Um, there's obviously emotions in sports. Uh, there's always going to be emotions in some of those games. Uh, but but I was pleased to see that they, yeah, they shook hands, exchanged jerseys, um, and, you know, were able to to kind of meet, meet together after the game. Did you guys see that? I did not. I did yeah. not know that. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Um, and then his second question was, um, he knows that, and I noticed the same thing, that Robbie Gold's kickoffs have recently been going short. Uh, right. We saw, obviously, that botched, honestly, squib kick this, this last week. Should have been way deeper. Um, but uh, he, he asked, wouldn't we prefer, if, if he can kick it out of the end zone, that's kind of a question, uh, wouldn't we prefer to have him just kick it out of the end zone and just stick to them getting the ball at the 25? What do you we guys would, think? Yeah, we would definitely. But Robbie Gold is, what, 38, 39 years old. Um, and all of his kicks land around the three-yard line. Yep. Um, I'm sh- See, the difference that w- where you can tell a difference is when we play in a dome. And when we play in a dome, his kicks, kickoffs go deep into the end zone. So that's where they want the ball. Yeah. Um, but... I think it's his age and that, but on his behalf, um, he hasn't missed a, 
a field goal or an extra point in the playoffs. Yeah, I know. Cross your fingers. Yeah. Knock, knock on wood. Right. How dare you. <laughs> no, that's uh, okay. I mean, it's 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 well known yeah no it's very very impressive Uh they say it you know so take that Uh, part out (laughs) Uh, he's joking he said take that part out um no no i i agree with you i think that obviously the ideal is that yeah we we kick it out of the end zone even you know when i see ray ray take it from the goal line I'm like, dude, just let the thing bounce. Like, and we don't, we don't need to try and take these things out from the goal line. And, you know, when it's like at that five, eight yard line, yeah, that's when you really want to, you know, bust one. But these kickers are usually so good that, yeah, they kick it through the, the kick it through the end zone. The kickoff is a live ball, so you've got to field it or, you know, touch right. back. Yeah. So, but you know, when, is the, when is the last time you saw a kickoff bounce back? I, mean, I so Mike Wilson one time, um, it was in the eighties, but he went down and and recovered the kickoff, and we we had the ball. It was crazy. Now I've only seen it once, but you know it is a live ball where a punt isn't. So right. you know I I wouldn't want Ray Ray to you know let it bounce on the five or whatever um so they got to catch those and run he's they're very happy with ray ray um, well and i might have mentioned it last week if not as in a conversation with a friend but you know there were some concerns about him and his fumbling uh when the niners signed him as a free agent last year in the offseason uh because he did i think he had three fumbles with the steelers last year and yeah. to, his, to his credit, you know, uh, he flipped that script and has had zero through now 18 games. So yeah. knock on wood once again. Uh, yeah, but, don't be, you know, we don't want to jinx ourselves on these things. But, oh, man, we are totally jinxing yeah, ourselves. Um, All right. um, but, but yeah, no, no props to him. And, uh, yeah, hopefully Robbie can, you know, kick it a little bit more. I know Mitch Wisnowski used to do the kickoffs uh, but they actually saw a decline in his punting when he was working on kickoffs and doing the kickoffs. And since relieving Mitch of his punting, of his kickoff duties, his punting has improved. And they said, we're, we're sticking with that. Uh, so that's also a little something that's interesting. He's, he's a, a great weapon. He, he can put that ball inside the 20, often inside the 10. It, he always kicks to the sideline. It bounces right out. You know, there's no return. Um, it's yeah. got the backward spin. So, um, yeah, he's he's good. I really like him. He only, he only punted once against um, Seattle. Yeah. Um, once against Seattle, we scored eight out of nine drives. Yeah, very impressive. Yeah. How about that Dallas kicker? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, talk about knock on wood. That guy was cursed. Yeah, uh, four could, straight extra points. I mean, I couldn't uh, believe it. Unbelievable. I mean, it had never three had never been done or hadn't been done since. Well, he had missed. He had missed his last one the week prior, <laughs> so it was five in a row. <laughs> and they and the funny part is, they asked um, 
Mike McCarthy after the game. So you're going to try out some kickers this week. And he goes, Oh no, 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 he'll be fine. He'll be fine. Well, then captain Jerry gets involved and they tried people out today. Yeah. They signed the guy to the practice squad and said, they're yeah. still, st- they'll still, they're no. still sticking with Mayher, uh, but they have some uh, um, insurance now. So right. they'll, pro- they'll, they'll probably, I mean, maybe they might elevate him because you can have two practice squad elevations. They might elevate him to the squad um and just in case <laughs> yeah but it you know with kickers they're you know they've always been called a strange breed yep um and it gets in their head totally and you know um but it's let's hope it com- doesn't come down to a kick yeah no it's, yeah. yeah definitely but if it does my money's on robbie gold yep for sure Alrighty. Uh, well, I think, think that'll do it for this episode of 49ers family. Once again, we appreciate you all tuning in. Uh, should be a good one. Uh, should be a great one, honestly. And uh, I'm just so pumped for it. If you have any questions, comments, feedback, please hit us up at 49ers family podcast at gmail.com. Uh, it's 49ERS. Uh, but okay. Let's I hope we're breaking down another win next week. But until next time, go Niners. Go Niners. We'll be back. <laughs>